This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to another J-Rock's Green Industry Podcast. Here we are on episode number 81 with Neil Petrie from Core Landscapes. So yeah, another guest as we're continuing this series of interviews throughout the sort of winter months here to try and get as much sort of experience through onto the podcast as we can and hopefully learn something along the way because at the end of the day, as well as the entertainment and I feel like, you know, you've got someone in a year with you along the way, you know, it's that sort of learning process as well where we can hopefully take experiences forward and use them in our own way. So Neil, thank you very much for joining us on this week's podcast. How are you doing? Very well, thank you very much. Pleasure to be on with you. Happy days. I think, uh, well, obviously we first met properly at Soltex there. Yeah, yeah. I think we had a we had a good couple of chats like that. You know, we, I think, I mean, we said it at the time, but spent more time sort of stopping and talking. And one thing that I found awesome while getting to speak to you was, you know, the sort of the variety that you do. And you also had a lot of, as you kind of mentioned offline there, quite a lot of stories that tied in with all this sort of thing. So I think the podcast is a perfect place to kind of jump into these a bit more and, you know, learn more about yourself and your business. Yeah, yeah. It's always it's always interesting hearing all the other stories of uh, some of the other guys that you've had on in the past and, you know, just speaking to, to you guys at Soltex and hearing what each other are doing, you know, we can all learn from each other, can't we? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the aim, isn't it? Hopefully we all do it enough and we all share enough, you know, with yeah. the whole industry, the industry as a whole can just grow together. And you hear so many people talk about it. I think it it is rooted that, you know, we've got to be up there with one of the industries that do want to see people like to succeed, you know, rather than push them down. So I think it's yeah. massively important. But Neil, if we can just start us off here by just telling us a bit about yourself and a bit about your business. Yeah, so yeah, um, as you introduced, Neil Petrie is my name and I, I run a business called Core Landscapes. Um, I have been, we've been going since 2004 as Core Landscapes. Um, so a few years now we do, um, so grounds maintenance, tree work and landscape services is, is kind of um, captures essentially what we do. Um, recent years, um, we've been doing a little bit more, more landscaping, um, but we're, we're, the grounds maintenance is is a, the principal work that we do. That's the, the bread and butter. Um, we've always done that, and the, the landscaping sort of slots around that. In the winter months, traditionally, I've always taken on a few landscape projects just to keep the guys going. Uh, it keeps them out of mischief over the winter months. Um and yeah, a mix of domestic and commercial when it comes to the maintenance. Uh, all the landscape work is all domestic. Um, and then a little bit of drainage work here and there, fencing, different bits and pieces like that. In the winter months, the last few years we've done um quite a bit of uh, woodland tree planting, which has been good in the the kind of off season. Um, that keeps us busy as well. So yeah, just a little bit of variety. It's not. It's not always great. Sometimes the variety. It's better to to stick to a sort of um, one single service. It, it makes life a lot easier. But they say variety is the spice of life. Sometimes it's uh, <laughs> it keeps things interesting. But at times, you know, it's it's uh, it's just a lot of things to juggle as yeah. well. But uh, but yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think you know having that variety. Like we, I always say, oh, it's key to be able to like dip your toe into so many different areas and you know 
be flexible with the type of services that you offer, but it is a lot more efficient, I'd probably say, to run a single, uh, you know, figurehead, yeah, yeah, like, you know, direction where you're trying to take the business. Yeah. But it, it's very hard not to take on these other types of services. I mean, how do you find that? Because one thing I know from my experience of just even doing, like, general lawn care, then the ground maintenance as a whole, and, like, anything else I do, is it's a complete equipment swap between the van, the type of equipment that I get out. You know, it's a full changeover every time. How do you find it? Yeah, so that's the biggest headache. Um, so through the sort of the, the traditional April to October, I say traditional because it's not really that way anymore. anymore. But when you've got um, grass-cutting machineries, trimmers, you know, lawnmowers and all that sort of thing in the van, and then you've got to take them out and put cement mixers and whacker plates and all that sort of thing in, it is a real headache. Um, so that's why I try to to not do that. Um, generally speaking, so we've got um, two vans. Um, the guys, usually, they keep the maintenance going uh, all year round. You know, they do that side of things principally. And then I'll tend to do the landscaping with some subcontractors and I'll pull some of the boys off the maintenance as needed. Um, and then uh, in between the maintenance, so we don't have, our maintenance isn't fully booked up you know, we've not got like, so it's, it's all on fortnightly cycles and we try and work that like clockwork. But there's usually two or three days in a fortnight um, where we we keep free. So I'll pull them off to give me a hand with some of the landscaping work if need be. Otherwise, it'll be one-off work, um, clearances and tidy-ups um, and that sort of thing. But it's really, it's the reason we're trying to, we're trying to pull away from landscaping. So what we, we did a bit of it early on and then I ended up going more into the maintenance because we ended up getting a, a big maintenance contract at the time and then really just in recent years um, COVID really was the thing that, that pushed us back into the landscaping a bit because everybody there was such a need for it um, and yeah. such a demand and we just we took on <laughs> we, we took on um, one job for um, somebody who had quite a, a a family who it turns out it got on really well with them, but they had a, a massive social media following. And we just ended up with quite a lot of work off the back of that. Wow. Um, and it's just, it's hard to say no sometimes. That's my biggest <laughs> thing. Say, saying no is the most liberating um, thing that yeah. anyone can ever do. But it's a hard thing to do when you, I've got the personality where I, you know, I want to help folk out and I, you know, I want to see them right. Um, but Sometimes it is um, to the detriment of my <laughs> my stress levels. Yeah, but... uh, yeah. so yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a juggle. But I'm trying. That's what we're trying to we're trying to back off the landscaping as much as we can this year. I'm really trying to um, put the brakes on with that and just try and tidy up the things that we've got at the moment, and then not bother with it and just stick with the maintenance as much as possible. Yeah, I think that you know it's a smart thing to do. I think, and it also takes a lot more. It takes more restraint than what I think you'd ever think to to go right. Let's check ourselves. That you know, dial it back down a bit. Find yeah. out where we're like where our baseline is, and then like let's build again with a maybe a better plan. It might be a, a yeah. different plan altogether. You just don't know. But I agree with you, man. Like saying no to clients is even sometimes when you're looking, you go, "I've got like n- not much spaces left at all," yeah. and then you still kind of say, "Yeah." And then it kind of comes a week or two weeks out and you're like, right, where am I actually fitting this, you yeah. know, day and a half job in here? Like, it's not... Oh, no. It can it can get really ridiculous. 
Um, if you just if you say yes to people too much, you're just what I find is that if I say yes to um, a new job, I'm saying no to something else that's potentially more important. And sometimes that's my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the sacrifices that you make to try and squeeze a job in, it's just not worth it. Yeah. But when you're taking the job on, you're doing it with the right um, motivation. But at the same time, you've you've got to think. Yeah. Only, we've all got the same number of hours mm-hmm. in a week. Um, there's only so much you can do. So sometimes you do have to say no as hard as that may be. Yeah. How, how do you find getting that balance? You know, I'm, I'm sure well, many people that do listen in do. <laughs> they've got families and they've probably yeah. heard at some point or, or felt it at some point that, Oh, uh, like you know, I've I've chose the job there, you know, and it doesn't make you a bad parent or anything, but yeah. just sometimes you just it hits you a little bit, and you go, maybe that was a bad call. Like, how do you find getting that balance a bit better? Have you mastered that yet, or no, no? I mean, <laughs> I think balance is inherently one of these things that we'll never get. You yeah, know, there's too many, when you're in a business, there are too many things, even within the business. But then for me, I try to always remember that. My family's more important than my business and my business shouldn't um it shouldn't take over. But it does, you know, it's like that whole analogy where it's like in the beginning it's this little nice little chick and you're you're looking after it and you're feeding it, you're maybe making a few investments, you're spending a little bit of time getting the jobs and nurturing it. But then all of a sudden it becomes a monster. Yeah. Um, and 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 then it's like who's running who sort of thing. Um and it, it's it's difficult, but I just always try and remember to to just try and keep it simple, yeah. Keep things as simple as possible, as hard as that is. But um, yeah, just just making sure what's most important gets the priority, and that's where it's you know when you're when you come home at night. Like I always I always try and make sure that um, I spend even just a few minutes with the boys and my wife. I've got a wife and two boys. Spend a little bit of time with them in the morning before I head out. So I'm up at you know. I work out a little bit, so I do a bit of CrossFit. So, so that that doesn't get in the way of my family, I get up at half past five most weekday mornings to go to the gym. So that's my time, and then it means I'm up and I can spend a little bit of time with the, the family before I go out to work. In the evenings, regardless of what goes on through the day, I try and make sure that I'm home in time to eat with my family. Yeah. So that's the, that's the balance for me. I've got there's certain things that just that, that I don't like to to give um, mm-hmm. so that my family can get that time with me i don't work the weekends either um yeah. i've tried to never work the weekends that's family time for us yeah. um we work hard enough monday to friday and it's the same with the guys i really i really ask the guys to work the weekends if i if i'm not going to do it myself you know i often will you know if they want the work it's there's always work there for them if they want it um and, and from time to time one or two of them will but um that's how I get the balance. It's just the certain Monday to Friday, that's work. And don't get me wrong, you know, I spend like most other businesses, uh, business owners, um, I spend a bit of time in my office. My office is through the back of my house, um, unfortunately. So the tenants <laughs> sit in my office in the evenings and catch up on invoicing <laughs> and, and planning and things like that. Yeah. You know, it's hard to switch off. But um, yeah. It, you know, it's it's just it's a it's a hard thing to do, and balance is something that I don't think you'll ever get. But to try and just remember what's important um, yeah. is, a, is a thing that keeps me as, as as right as possible. I think you said it. You know, it was a really good part there. What was almost creating your own boundaries with it, like you know, putting that line in the sand. 
wherever yeah. it might stand. And, you know, it's going to be different from person to person because yeah. some lads might be, you know, 18 year old. They're not even thinking of families yet. And, Absolutely. You know, they've got that career there, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they've got that drive to go. I'm not, I'm not affecting anyone by me just, yeah. you know, put my foot down in that sound. Yeah. In their boundary might be, you know, but I still need to give myself a day each week to, to recover. Cause yeah. you know, you, you, you don't half feel it. So yeah, we're all human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So whatever it might be, I think it's a great reminder to like check in and, and see where your boundaries are because, you know, we've got this, you know, so many people can, can back you and support you through it. And, Almost what makes the business is the fact that you're able to operate it. And, you know, that's sometimes not doable without the right sort of family and friends around you. But, you know, definitely something to consider and, and something to check in with if if you do feel like you're going where, you know, if that, like you're saying, the balance isn't easy to get or maybe near on impossible, but just making sure you're not tipping any one way and just checking that's in it. with yourself. But for the company there then, how how many employees do you actually have? What What does your team look like? So we have a, I think technically we've got five on the books. Um, that includes my wife, um, who does office the office work. Um, she does the payroll and the VAT and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then we have a couple of guys who are, so they work technically one of them's just, you even call it part-time, but he... He now works four days a week. So one of them has gone down to four days a week. One of them is a student. So he works a day a week with us um, most of the year. And then he works with us full time through the holidays. Um, so there's a wee bit of flexibility there just with the guys that we've got. Um, this is probably the smallest team that we've ever had. So years ago we had, I think we probably had seven or eight. Maybe that was the most that, that we ever oh. had. And that, that's plenty for me. I just, side of the business, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't really like having lots of employees, um, but I've always had staff. Um, I've always had staff, even when I was a student. I always employed students. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of us. So we just there's two two vans. We've got another vehicle, if, you know, that we have um, if we need it. But um, but that that's basically us. Yeah. So how do you find the run of it? I mean, one great chat that we had down at Soltex there was the fact that you use Jobber. And that's yeah. something that I believe you've used for quite a long time, is that? Yeah, so we've had, so we actually, we trialled Jobber years ago and I just wasn't ready for the, the changeover to it. Um, but we've been using it, I think, solid for about three years now. Yeah. Um, and I, I couldn't be without it. I honestly, yeah. like, I mean, I, I am, naturally, I'm so disorganised. So if there's something that you're not good at, <laughs> you need to either get somebody who's better than you or something that replaces that. So I needed a system to get me organised, to get my schedules, my invoices, my quotes, everything all in one place. You know, the guys, like yesterday, we were doing like a, a, a car park pothole repair we needed before and after pictures. Um, that all goes on to Jobber Notes. They get included with the, the invoice when it gets sent over to the client. Just all, all that sort of thing. I used to have a notebook, a diary, an iPhone, an iPad. I'd have... <laughs> I, I used to have a glass pen. I'd write on the inside, like really important things. I'd write on the inside of my windscreen of my van. <laughs> right. you know, That's just, a different one. I always need, and at night, I, I always, even now, still, I still do um, a list every night before I go to my bed. I just put everything onto my list for the following day. Um, everything's all scheduled into Jobber anyway, but there's always these sort of little things that you need to remember for the next day. Um, but Jobber is just. Fantastic. We're actually we're looking to look 
to go on to the next level of jobber, which gives us um, a sort of a little bit of variability. That's not a word. A little bit of variance in our quotes, so that customers can then, you know, you can give um, different line items, and they can select um, certain All things. Right. Often maintenance, um, you could have like the grass cutting, but then you could have like the lawn maintenance program the hedge cutting separate if you want, and they can select mm. them if they want or, or just have the basic service, that kind of idea. Again, well, that, that's going to save you, you know, the two, three email chains back and forward yeah. going, oh, well, we also do this, we also do that. Oh, well, yeah. how do you feel about doing this? And, yeah. you know, what's great to have, don't get me wrong, like we all say, having these conversations and building the relationship is massively key. But like you say, I think when you're running, I can only imagine, in fact, when you're running any amount of staff and, you know, things are a bit hectic anyway, anything you can, like you say, dial down on and give it to yeah. someone else or something else, then that's yeah. going to just relieve that time for you to do, you know, um, you know, even just be on the tools, whatever it might be. Uh, yeah. But just, you know, I haven't really talked about, so it went this way before, but could you just talk through a little bit more about Jobber? I know that there's a lot of people that seem to, the question always pops up: What yeah, CRMs do people use? Yeah, I, I kind of like a few times in the you know with the forums, I've I put Jobber on and the 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 link and things like that, but it comes up that many times. I'm just I, I can't possibly keep posting. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's good just to have just to give a little bit of information about it. So so for Jobber, we um, from the very first, I mean, I even have a link on my. I mean, I'm, I'm terrible with social media. I need to work on that a little bit, but I have a link. <laughs> um, I think I have a link on Instagram. Um, on my bio for um, there's a request form so basically if you want us to do any work for you you have to fill in this you know it's like a pre-qualification form tells me all the information what sort of service you're looking for um, how you found out about us um, what day and time suits you best for me to come around if I need to do a site visit that comes through to me um, I then look at when they're available and that might be a wee email or two or a phone call. And then I go and do a, an assess, a site assessment, they call it in Jobber. Um, then I'll do a quote that will go through Jobber. So in Jobber, there's a um, there's a client login. So basically there's one, there's like a portal that they go into. So they'll see um, the quote in there. They can approve the quote. Whenever we do anything that involves materials, we always charge a 40% deposit. So they approve and pay the deposit. And straight away, that goes through Jobber payments, and that comes through to us. We get an email to say they've approved it, paid the deposit. Um, that goes well; it doesn't go straight into the bank, but you know, there's a few days delay in that. Um, that allows us to then straight from that approved quote, we um, create a job. Um, I can schedule the job. I can allocate um, men to the job, um, and then on completion of it, so the guys clock in and clock out. Every time they're on a job. So for me, um, from quoting to actually doing the work to invoicing and actually just figuring out how profitable jobs are, the feedback for me, even on the maintenance work, you know, when you're you're quoting a maintenance job, to know how many man hours are spent on a job annually, say, for example, or even monthly, yeah. that's invaluable information for me because then you, you can look at these jobs and see how long it's actually taking you and how much you know you can you can work it down to your base rate you know if you've got a, a base hour, internal hourly rate that you have that you need to make a certain amount of money um jobber gives you all that information um you complete 
the job or one of the boys completes the job, you know, they just hit that button. Um, and then we just generate the invoice straight from there. They pay the invoice. You know, it's just it's just such a, a really fluid system. Um, and it just makes my life so much easier. And and I just wouldn't be without it. I know there's lots of other things, but it's just one place where everything is there. And, you know, my homepage every morning, I'm just onto the homepage. I've got the schedule there. It tells you how much, you know, how much all the jobs that you've got for that day are valued at and all that sort of thing. There's just so much information. It, it syncs to QuickBooks, which we already used. Um, so we use that for our the actual accounting side of things. Our accountants are QuickBooks accountants. Um, so, you know, it's just everything is just, there's a system there to cover yeah. all the stuff that I am terrible at. Um, I th- so. I think that's so key. Like, I mean, you know, we the bit that you were saying earlier on about, you know, you've got you used to have like a, a diary, a notepad somewhere, an iPad, you know, your windshield, <laughs> whatever yeah. it might be. Like, back yeah, like I've even found myself this year. I mean, we put an ad out in. There's a magazine that gets delivered to every commercial and residential property within yeah. whatever town that you know you select. So I've selected mm. three different towns there's there's one city there but you know it's it's basically it would be a town by any english standard but um selected them and it's really upped the amount of uh the amount of jobs that's came through like the leads on it has been you know probably the most i've ever seen bounce back from a bit of marketing so it's you know been fantastic but what's came with that is now maybe like a 30 different notes on my iphone of like ring jack back from you know 12 I don't know, Willow Drive, you know, yeah. reference this. And I've just got loads of these notes and it's just everywhere. So even tonight, I was like, I've been meaning to get in touch with the client for ages and just to schedule it in, but it's in the notes somewhere muddled up. So I think the benefit of being able to have something that is in one location is yeah. is fantastic. And I love the idea of it. Yeah. One bit I've heard back from some, you know, one bit of feedback I've had from lads that, they've tried it and didn't really like, or they looked at it and didn't like, was the fact that clients had to create this portal. You know, they've got to create their own type of account to be able to work through it to an extent. Is that correct? Uh, Not as far as I'm aware. I mean, as soon as, so when I send something to, if I send a quote to to somebody, they just, it's all, it's link based. So they just, they just click the link and it just takes them straight into the portal. Right. Um, Okay. Yeah, just take some straight in there, and then as far as I mean, I don't. I can log in as a client, so I can go in and see it. And as far as as far as I can tell, it all looks fairly straightforward to me. They don't have to to do anything. I mean, if you're taking card payments through Jobber, you know they obviously need to enter their card details. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a fairly straightforward system. I mean, I have I've you know I've tested it out, and I've, I've uh, build my wife for a pound <laughs> to, to, see how, to see how that all works and I, I can't see there has been the odd customer who's come back to me about because um, one of the things that I was trying hard to work with last year was when we complete a job it automatically takes payment from their card right because the invoicing side of things was I was trying to streamline that and I'm just I'm not tech savvy enough to there was just there was one or two and I don't know whether they were, these customers were just slightly not with it um, or it might have been something at my end. So I haven't got that entirely smoothed out. I would really mm. like that to work better 
um, to be because that would be amazing. You know, it's yeah. the same price because you know if it's you know say it's a sixty pound visit for a garden maintenance visit, um, I would really like to not have to work for that. You know, I've done yeah. the job. I'd like to make the payment, but really easy. Yeah. Um, you know, but I just I, I need the system to do that properly for me. So I, that's I mean that's the only bit I think of. I don't think as far as I'm aware, I don't I don't. Yeah. Know I mean, it, if that. The, if that's the only con, then that that isn't you know it's it's not much at all by the sound of the the sheer benefits that come from it. Obviously, yeah. there is the fact that it is all price range to anyone that's not heard a jobber or you're not too okay with what it is. You know, it works on different sort of price levels, and as you up them packages, it opens up a bit more of you know what you're entitled to use. Yeah. And you know, there is free things out there. I mean, I know there's an app that just came out not too long ago. I don't think it's relatively new, called Hubscape. I believe they're on. Yeah, I think they're on a similar type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's some there's um British company, I believe, as well. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which has its which has its perks. I mean, Jobber, I find great. They're American. Sometimes there's a time zone thing, but they they work that all out for you. Yeah, if you need to, you know, need to call them, they're, they're readily on the end of the call. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, they'll call you. So it doesn't cost you anything. Um, but the, I think whatever you go with, um, I mean, even with Hubscape, that that can't be free, surely. It, it is, yeah. So it is free to to make, oh. but there's a couple of. I mean, just to digress a tiny bit here, there's a couple of negatives I had with it. What was when you go in to schedule things in, you can only see it in a day by day view and you can see you only four hours at a time. So what to my eye, working with calendars for so long and being able to see, you know, let's just say 30 days in whatever month it may be. You know, I like to be able to see the 30 days and then zoom into a day if I want to. Whereas with this, you at the moment, I mean, after giving them feedback, I think they are going to look to improve it slightly. But at yeah. the minute, you're looking at four hours on one any one day. So if someone gets in Aye. touch with you for, can you do this on the 27th of March? You know, you're flicking through to get there. Um, yeah. What I personally, I don't like. And, Aye. you know, so di- different little things like that. When you're putting in for a quotation, you had to have the full address. You couldn't just put a postcode or, or sorry, Aye. you couldn't continue without the postcode. So just different things, but I believe they're a very young company that's that's looking at improving. And they will, that, yeah. yeah, they'll work all these things out. Same with Jobber years ago. You know, you could start somewhere and they take the feedback from from their clients, their yeah. customers, working all these things. You know, it's just it's just the fact that Jobber for me, they're they're years ahead now. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. And, and and whatever you pay for these things, it's like with anything. Like if you if you don't have something and you're not paying for something on a monthly basis you just you manage without but then it's like for me for example when I first got a a, a tipping a, a, you know a tipping van or a tipping trailer and I didn't have to handball all the stuff out you wonder how you managed it before it just makes yeah. it so much more efficient yeah. um, with, with a system like job or, or any of these other systems you you pay for you know I don't know what I'm 100 and whatever pounds a, a month for it um, but you get all the time back and all the, the efficiencies and the professionalism and everything that comes with it. Yeah. Um, so when we're going up to the next plan, I think it's grow, the grow plan, I think it's called, or whatever the next one is, you know, there's an extra, however much it is a month, but then just with all the features in it, you'll make that back. 
Yeah. So it, it is the thing, you know, when people are going from like Google calendars or whatever free things that they use to, to organize their work, it is it is an additional cost, but it's not costly. For me, it's an efficiency um, and I wouldn't be without it nowadays. Yeah, no, I, I completely imagine what you're saying. And even what you're saying about the tip of the, you know, I took 700 kilogram of waste to the, yeah. to the to the tip of the yeah, tipper trailer <laughs> yeah yeah yesterday and you know for anyone that doesn't know i've the eiffel williams uh gd 10 by 5 so it doesn't tip so you know i got down the first one and luckily enough the crane op was there so he was like look i'll just crane it out totally if you happy. want yeah so it was like wood chip all this sort of stuff so he took oh, yeah. out you know four fifths of it and then i went back he was like i'll be here later on i'll give you a hand Fantastic. Uh, make sure you drop him in some beers that are uh, some cakes from Greg's for that. Yeah. Keep them I, sweet. You know what? I would have if he was still there when I came back. I came back with another 300 kilo and he'd done one. So <laughs> I was there with a rake getting all the rest out. But, you know, it's, I remember uh, those days. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it was the first time where, you know, I've had lads like Ben Morrison being like, you want to tip a trailer, you know? And I've not really quite been like, oh, you know, we'll make that much difference. And I got there and I was like, yeah, tip a trailer. But, you know, it will all come. There's always something, yeah. I think, out there that's going to help you be more efficient. It's going to be easier on the body, you know, and that's why we, I think, and I'm going to use the word stupid prices, you know, we pay these stupid prices on some things, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, I'm sure when leaf blowers first came in, they went, oh, why do I need them? I've got a springtime yeah. rake, you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it's the time it saves and also yeah. the efficiency along with it is a yeah. massive one to kind of help yeah. out there. Okay. But I think yeah. what... What we'll do here is we'll just take a quick break. We'll listen to the advert that we've got from Total Lawn and we'll be back in just a minute to speak to Neil a bit more. This episode is brought to you by Total Lawn. Total Lawn provides scientifically engineered lawn care products to homeowners, hobbyists and lawn care professionals. Their range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your lawn looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Lawn products for my customers and on my own lawn and I think you should too. The team at Total Lawn put quality above anything else when they're producing their lawn feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely if ever used by their competitors to give you the best lawn possible. Try Total Lawn today at totallawn.co.uk and use code Care at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Lawn are so confident in their products that you can use them on your lawn and if you're not happy with the results you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totallawn.co.uk and transform your lawn. Welcome back, everyone. So, you know, as we were talking earlier on there, Neil, like I said one thing that has really helped me this this year with advertising being the fact that I took out this advert in a magazine and, it, you know, it's really paid off for me. You've mentioned that you do both residential and commercial clients. What's yeah. one bit of advertising you found that's not only helped you, you know, generically or you've, you've seen a good feedback from, but what's one that's helped you gain commercial more than residential or, you know, either or? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so commercial work really. So for us, I'll go way back to the beginning. So when I we got our first big commercial contract way back, I mean it would be, yeah, I mean in the sort of mid two thousands, and that was off the back of I basically wrote when I was starting up. Um, I'd been self employed since I was seventeen. I was at college for a few years and then I was just, I needed work. So I wrote back in those days, it was, I can't even remember whether it was Yale.com or the Yellow Pages. It must have been Yale.com. 
was my grandparents' office. And I just went through the whole of Yale.com. I think I just typed in. Um, so at that point, um, it was landscape contractors. I think I just typed in. And I just offered my services to, as a subcontractor, to all of this, all of the landscape companies in Ayrshire, which is where I'm based. Um, and so you just don't know where where the work's going to come from. Um, we ended up getting, um, there was a contractor that had, he tendered for all of the, basically all the big contracts, all the big grounds maintenance contracts for schools and councils and all that sort of thing. Um, and we were one of his um, contractors. He got in touch with us and said, would you like to go to Sky? Um, right. We've got a contract in Sky that we need a hand with. Um, <laughs> and so he went. So what happened was, I, I mean, right, I'm, <laughs> we mentioned about going down rabbit holes earlier on. <laughs> no, that's I'll all right. <laughs> this is digressing from advertising. <laughs> um, Roll but, with it. <laughs> we, we ended up going up to Sky to do a bit of work. So basically the whole of the island, all the you know, the schools, there was graveyards, there was... Um, all sorts of properties in Sky that came under this contract, um, communal areas in the towns and things. And and it was because all these guys that choose to go up to these, I don't know whether they volunteer or, or but they basically just want to get away from their, their wife and kids for the week. <laughs> right. um, they go up to these islands, but there's absolutely nothing to do there when they finish work. So what do they do? They go and drink all their wages <laughs> and they end up, fighting and brawling and end up in the jail and then the work doesn't get done so we get called in as reinforcement so our biggest our big first commercial contract was up in sky giving this other contractor a hand keeping that contract going and then he offered us the whole contract you know that was our sort of intro with them sorry and this was the isle of sky this was the isle of sky so it was six hours or so yeah, way, way up north. So, I mean, at the time, I didn't even have a van. So <laughs> um, I had a, a little 4x4. Um, I used to work out on a 4 before and a trailer that I bought off a guy, a coach builder, bought a little trailer. And just so that we seemed a little bit more professional, because I think sometimes you have to be able, you, you've got to be able to walk the walk, but sometimes you need to just do a bit of talking first and right. then just make it happen. So... I got a couple of mates at that time. I didn't have staff, so I got a couple of mates in another pal. I just started a window cleaning business, so he had a van. So I said, look, Simon, could um, could we go up to meet this guy in your van? And I just, you know, I went and uh, I actually was honest with him. I said, look, I've not got all the kit that's needed for doing this contract. So we went up and he provided all the gear for us. And then off the back of that, um, we then went into a big commercial um, equipment supplier that we still use to this day. And um, we just bought loads of lawnmowers and strimmers and blowers and hand tools and things so that we could keep this this work going for him. Um, and so we ended up, over, up until just, I think, probably three years ago, we were still working for that company. Oh, wow. As a, as a subcontractor, we latterly, we ended up, unfortunately, because of, because of commitments that I had, more locally, I couldn't take on that full contract on a permanent basis, which is what he, he really wanted us to do. It was just too far away. It was too much. We we did condense it down to, I think we managed to do the whole contract in four days. Um, so it was like a fortnight's worth of work 
and we just we trimmed it right down with three of us. We went up and did it in four days. Um, just work, We just worked all hours, got the work done, and then went back home again. Um, but he, he saw how we worked. And I think if you if you work hard and you just, you, you know, you use a little bit of savvy and you just, um, you know how to speak to people and just communicate and get things done and meet their expectations as much as possible, um, then I'm the sort of person, if I can meet people, generally speaking, um, you know, they sort of see that you're an honest person, that you do a decent job and that sort of thing. Um, and there's a lot to be said for that. Um, so we ended up getting a, a contract with him. It was a housing association, housing association contract. We looked after 11 towns in Ayrshire, all the housing association properties. So there was, you know, there was blocks of flats. There was um, gardens. There was open areas. There was play parks. And we did that for years and years. Um, so that kept like most of my guys going through the growing season for a good number of years until they got bought over by uh, an English company, John O'Connor Grounds Maintenance. They they bought them over just about three years ago. Um, we then were taken on for a year, sort of a buffer period, as a as one of their approved contractors until their crews were sort of recruited in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did our commercial contracts were largely with this company, and then because we were geared up for that sort of size of stuff, we then took on other stuff. Um, and it was just, I mean, we didn't actually, I mean, in the early days, we just, you know, there was like, like free directories online. Yeah. So I just sat, I think sat for a couple of days and we'd, I just signed into every free directory. There weren't, there weren't Facebook and Instagram and all these sorts of things back then. Um, but it's just been proactive. Um, like that, that um, day that I sat with the yellow pages and I sat in my grandparents' office and just wrote letters out to, to all those contractors um, offering my services. Um, I then followed it up with phone calls, just try and find the name of the person that, that makes the decisions. Um, introduce yourself. Um, to this day, there's times when one of the contracts, we've got a contract with a property company that looks after one of the local Tesco stores. And I just saw, I saw a company doing a terrible, they just looked, they weren't doing a terrible job. They just looked like they were struggling. Mm-hmm. And I just were sitting having a lunch in this Tesco car park one day and I just approached the guy and asked, can we help you out? Um, they clearly looked like they weren't set up for grounds maintenance. And off the back of that, we now still, you know, 10 years later, still look after the grounds around this Tesco store. Um, we get subcontractors in to do, we've got, um, Tarmac contractors going in next week doing ten grand's worth of um, surfacing, resurfacing work. Um, it's just it's just speaking to people. If yeah. you notice, if you notice a a property that needs a bit of work done to it, don't be afraid to just um, offer your services. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of how I do it. I like to be quite personable with people. Um, and just you know, find out if you can offer your services, you can help out with something. Um, and yeah, in terms of advertising, we haven't done an awful lot other than sign written vans. Um, yeah, and just word gets around really, other than that. Yeah, I suppose once you get the foot in the door and in your sort of service, big sites or just many sites or whatever it might be, you're then left in a position where that word of mouth does carry through that you're a professional company and 
you know, you're held on maybe a, a different type of platform, I suppose. But it also, I think, shows what I've kind of just realized from that is, you know, there's so much that you can do online now. So much is focused online that you've got LinkedIn that you can advertise through. You've got Google AdWords. You can go Gumtree, Facebook, whatever it might be. And, you know, there's a very simple version of none of that. And like you say, approaching people. And like, you know, I've not even ever, I don't think, considered keeping an eye because I've seen again like contractors struggle or being some watching yeah. something and being like it's not quite how I imagine that that should be done or they yeah. would want done you yeah. know and I've never thought about walking over there and just going you're right and then introducing myself so that's yeah, yeah. maybe something I'll actually take forward but yeah. one question with how you said the Tesco site's there and you know you've yeah. subcontracted some tarmac and working how does that yeah. site sort of work for you would you say that you take on contracts and even if it's something that's out of your comfort zone or area mm. of expertise, would you take it on anywhere and then literally just get in touch with different contractors when that kind of work comes along? How do you play them? Yeah, so, so I, generally speaking, I wouldn't offer something unless we have a contractor in place that we have a good relationship with. So I don't, I don't offer out things that we don't, uh, that, that I can't guarantee really. Um, yeah. So the tarmac, and for example, um, we've got, a good contractor that I just I wouldn't use anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so and just over the years, I've passed work on to him. You know, he lined some work up for us, and so I just I try and with commercial properties, I try to not just do the basics. I try to um, when you get a good relationship with the, the property manager or, or whoever's in charge, um, just I, I I try and just keep the lines of communication open as much as possible. Um, and it's difficult sometimes on a commercial property where it's if it's factored and the, the actual specific property manager that's responsible changes from time to time. So over the years with this Tesco site, there's been like five or six. And some of them you get on with well, and some of them are a little bit more personable. Some of them you just, I mean, with these guys that are, that are running, and I haven't really had any contact with them for, for months, but the state of the place was getting, I mean, we try and do our very best look after the grounds around it but the the car park surface was getting terrible you know mm-hmm. we we fortnightly we get paid to um hard surface clean you know we used to blow the surface yeah of all the leaves and debris and it was meticulous but the tarmac had been really badly done originally and so it just we now can't blow it because it's in such a terrible state it's just you know stones and bits of tarmac everywhere so i just sent him an email i actually i actually Again, it's just been proactive. I contacted my tarmac contractor for a price first before I'd even said anything to these property managers. Um, so I got a price lined up, um, and then I just emailed and I, and I just I emailed a quote. I said, "Look, the state of the car park; it's getting pretty bad. Um, essentially, um, do you want us to do it? This is how much it would be. Let us know." Yeah. Um, and there was another price. There was some fencing that had blown down in the wind. I just gave them a price and I said, look, this because it just cuts down on realistically, I know what needs doing. Like, you know, from a health and safety point of view, fire escapes need to be kept clear, you know, for a property maintenance point of view, gutters need to be kept clean. So if you mm-hmm. notice things that need done, these guys don't want to be have to having to chase around contractors and getting prices. So if you can just make that much easier for them. Mm-hmm. They just, it was a bit of a radio silence for a few days. I actually forgot, it was more than a few days, it was a few weeks. I completely <laughs> forgot I didn't get them the quote. 
they got back to me and I'd realised I hadn't put any markup on it. All right. Um, I like, Mate, I don't even, I was like, I, you know, we've just been so busy, you know, head up my backside a little bit recently. Um, I, I was like, Mate, I, I actually was just honest with him. I said, I don't even remember sending you that quote. Um, <laughs> and he actually was really, really decent. He said, um, can I just ask you a question? Um, I mean, this is so stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been in business for over 20 years myself. Um, I actually sent them over my quote. So the quote that I'd got from my contractor that he sent me I forwarded that forwarded it to them somehow, and I cannot find the email to figure <laughs> out how that happened. So he actually was really decent with me, and he said, "Look, um, doesn't look like you've put any markup on that." Um, and so I said, "Yeah, um, sorry, I don't know what happened there." Um, and so he, he instantly took that awkward moment, the potentially awkward moment, away from me. So I was like, "Yeah, um, just I, I sort of just worded it like um, I." My standard markup fifteen percent. I'll just send you over another my my quote with the fifteen percent on it. If that's yeah. okay, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's fine." Um, and I'll just send it <laughs> over, and they and that's you know they just they okayed it like straight away. Yeah, um, and that's earlier on. I think I just briefly mentioned the guys were doing a, a pothole repair that was in this Tesco car park um, because there was. Um, it was like a pothole that I mean it took like four bags of cold tar to fill it. Right. You, know, you could lose a whole car in there. <laughs> so they, they it was like mitigating the risk of of um, somebody um suing for damage to their vehicle. Yeah. Um so just the things like that. It's just being proactive with the pre- properties you look after already. And even when you just get your foot in the door and you have a site meeting with them, just open your eyes and just look and see what you can offer, especially from a a risk management point of view, mm-hmm. um, these that's important to these property managers um, because they can health and safety and, and risk management things. It's so important to these guys. Um, so if there's anything that you can do to make their life easier, if there's services you can offer, just offer them. Yeah. Um, if you can't, if you can't do it yourself, I mean, generally speaking, we we've got a pretty good network nowadays. Um, and again, that just involves speaking to people. It just involves sometimes lifting the phone or asking another contractor, who do you use to do this, that, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you'd be amazed what work comes along just doing that. And, and so you do become a middleman, but as long as, I mean, we just make sure that we just, we put a margin on it. Yeah. Um, just to be the middleman, a few emails, a few phone calls, just make sure things are done right. And it's yeah. just, I, I enjoy it. It's interesting for me, Um I like a challenge sometimes, you know, with, with uh, it's not always great. Um, my wife would rather I didn't take on things that were a bit more challenging. Yeah. But, but I, I enjoy it. It, uh, it keeps things interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, and you know, at the end of the day, it's I suppose it's down to the facility managers to ensure that the sites are going to be safe and that everything's running smoothly and the right people are contracted in. So I suppose by also being that proactive person, you know, they're going to see that and go, Oh, and every like they might even go. Oh, I didn't even know that needed done, but now that yeah, you've yeah. mentioned it, that should have been done ages ago. You know, yeah. that's that's my realm. So, yeah. you know, they'll have that bit more of an urgency to cover their own back. You know, in yeah. the nicest way possible. That they're going to be probably very grateful that you've that you've took it that way, and that yeah. hopefully you know you've helped their position a good bit more. But yeah. you know, it's something I find really interesting is is that sort of 
style of work, you know, getting different people in, even mm-hmm. like you call it being the middleman, but you call it sort of orchestrating. Yeah. It's like being a, you know, you're basically, you know, site manager sort of planner to, to some yeah. degree. So it's, it's nice to see how that process would work. And would that always be your sort of standard markup? Like you said there, 15% or. Yeah. I mean, I try very... to, I mean, it, it varies. I mean, um, I mean, 15%, I think it's a sort of, is a fairly standard sort of figure that we've always kind of went with. Um, mm. It's not always achievable. Sometimes, just depending on what how things are structured with and even when it comes down to relationships at times as well um sometimes it, it will be the case where I can't, I can't think of a specific but you will at times just put something through and it'll just be at cost price because you already do work for them or you can you can put a markup on something else and yeah. not a whole lot of work but the likes of a, a 10 grand tarmac surfacing job it's a fairly standard sort of thing to put a markup on that. Yeah. Um, other jobs, you know, and, and these contractors, when you get a good relationship with them, we've got a, a tree surgeon that does some work with us as well. Um, when you're giving guys regular, the more regular work you get, generally speaking, you they'll be decent to you so that they're not having to go and quote the work and having to invoice and deal with the customers and things like that. Um, so they'll keep their customers tight so that there is space for margin for you. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, where where we can we do, yeah. um, because you, you know you're working hard to make things happen, and and that can't all be free. A lot of the time we do, you know, we, we've all got our, our freebies, but we can't do. Everything. Can't do that all the time, eh? It's it's got to be. I suppose in whatever direction you you take it, it's got to work out for yourself. Almost first and foremost, for at least most of the time, you know, you need yeah. to make sure that you're afloat. But yeah. another service that you mentioned earlier on was the tree planting. And I remember you actually told us a story, reference the tree planting uh, when I seen at Soltex. But is that something uh, you still take? So, You're smiling so the there, plant- but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the tree, the tree planting is just, I mean, just the memory. I mean, the memories, every year when we've done the tree planting, it is, um, it's memorable for, for a variety of reasons because it's just <laughs> the weather that time of the year and the, the places that we go to plant trees... I mean, there's just no hiding from the elements. Um, it's character building. Um, you <laughs> know, but we have, we've got like a little four before a wee Suzuki chimney. It's sitting in the yard, um, <laughs> begging to be um, started again. It's been sitting there for a wee while. Um, but we use that on um, on the woodland sites just for. So we just get we just take it there and, and leave it for the duration of the, the planting, and we we cart the the trees around on site and we and it's just a little bit of shelter so i'd always, I always have the the gas stove in it as well so we no time we'll get the bacon rolls going um just to heat you up and and that sort of thing you've got the exhaust pipe just to get a wee heat, heat your hands up now and again <laughs> um but yeah it was just it was so years ago i've kind of got a woodland background so my granddad was um a fairly big contractor up in perthshire um Worked all over Scotland, north of England, um, and woodland um, preparation. So Forestry Commission, they do a lot of work for. Um, so woodland woodland work was sort of my background, um, and so with the tree planting, it's just it's an easy thing to do. It's all manual work, um, but through the winter months, it was it was really good. It keeps the boys going, and and I, I, I mean, pros and cons to piecework, but I always I always. Um, I always priced it, um, I mean, you price it um, 
per tree planted, per stake and tube and all that sort of thing. But I always um, did it as piecework with the boys. So they get, you know, for however many trees and tubes and stakes they do, you know, they make more the more they plant and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but I always made their rate one where they always did better out of it. So the tree planting was always a bit of a winter bonus for them in addition yeah. to they always get a bonus at the end of the year anyway. But um, they always enjoyed it because of that. So it incentivized it. So even in the terrible weather, because if you're just working for your, your usual day rate, there's just, you've just got no reason to want to work in, yeah, in these yeah. conditions. Whereas if you, you know, you'd angle the carrot of a, a little bit more of financial incentive, it, may, it creates a bit of a challenge and they sort of get a bit of a competition going between them all. Um, and it's just it's just enjoyable work, yeah. Um, and it's just planting trees. You're just planting trees, you switch your brain off, you put a podcast on, you put your music on and um, you just get on with it. I've seen yeah. different videos of, of the tree planting and like you say, half the time you're either going up off a somewhat of what looks like a mountain somewhere or some sort yeah. of like barren land where obviously they've felled all the... The old well harvest all the old trees and yeah. it you know it's it, it looks like some graft. I mean, what well, is possible fun. in a day for tree planting? Oh, on... See, I mean, figures wise, I mean, okay, I'm trying to remember. I'm ter- I've got so many figures going about in my head. I think they were, <laughs> they were planting at like a thousand a day or something per man, something like that. Um, I I can't remember. I mean, it's ah, you, you you get through. You'd be surprised how many you do. And you yeah. just get into a system. Um, so you're you're planting, tubing and staking most of the time. Some of the time there's volgards on them. Um, but as a team, what my guys decided to do, so if there was like three of them working together, they would, if they were kind of working at the same rate, what they would do is they would plant so many and then they'd, just, they'd get a system going with somebody would be staking or two people would be staking, one person would be tubing and they'd put the tubes coming um packs of five so they're like you know they're almost like russian dolls inside each other um somebody would be putting all the the stakes would go out and then it sort of like throw a tube on each of the stakes and then a guy would come behind and actually fit them so they just they got like a bit of a process going so you were getting between you you were making whatever your individual rate was you were making that as a three and then splitting it three ways yeah um, so i allowed them like i don't really micromanage the guys they've been working for me for long enough that they know how to do things so they they enjoyed that side of things, like you know, however many they did, you know, like, you know, it was it was in the thousands. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was yeah, it's just enjoyable. We haven't actually done any this winter, which this has been a wee, a wee bit of a lull <laughs> this winter because we haven't had the planting. Just with cutbacks and things, I think some of the the budgets got cut a little bit, and the the, the planting contracts didn't come through. Um. But we did, I mean, years years ago when we initially went VAT registered, it was essentially a just a big fancy tree planting contract that that one contract, we had to go VAT registered for that one contract alone. Right. The, the value of the contract was above the VAT threshold. Right, um, okay. So that was for a a big pharmaceutical company down here, GlaxoSmithKline. So they were... Um, knocking down um, a, a large part of their manufacturing, you know, the drug manufacturing um, buildings, and they were getting it done uh, wherever, some foreign country. Um, but it was all part of their green credentials and everything. So they, all of the the plant that was getting knocked down 
just these big steel and concrete buildings. They got us in at the point where the buildings were still up. The demolition has just started, and they wanted us to spec how what what the finished um, how I wanted it finished, um, and then what would be needed in order to make this into woodland. Um, and at the time, my granddad was still alive, and because of his background, you know, I obviously phoned him up and I said to him, "Look, this, this contract's come along." Um, asked for his advice, and and he just said to me. You know, you're just planting trees. You know, it was like a hundred thousand pound contract, and like I was dealing with this <laughs> massive multinational company, and uh, he just told me it's just it's just planting trees and soil, um, <laughs> but there was no soil. It was a concrete junk. You know, it was it was big, massive concrete buildings. It was a demolition company. I was dealing with all these guys that were used to dealing with much bigger companies, um, but I just. My granddad was one of those guys who he just um, he just made things happen. He was one yeah. of those sorts of guys who um, I don't know whether he liked a challenge. He just it was just the way he operated, and I kind of inherited that a little bit. Um, yeah, much to yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> a bit of an annoying trait at times. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it, 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 yeah, but but it it's great though to be able to have that and to be able to you know, take a dive in these different directions. I mean, it's something that I've seen come out on like tenders to, you know, tree planting for forestry commissions and stuff. And I've, I mean, I've not put forward for any tenders as such, any commercial work that I've kind of had come across my desk has either been some form of chance, I would say, or, you know, just, I don't know, they've maybe found me somewhere online or whatnot. And it's kind of worked that way. But, you know, with these tenders, you know, we've spoke about in previous podcasts with, with different people and you know they can be to the eye they can look i wouldn't use the word scary but you can be put yeah. off them pretty easy yeah, yeah. i think you know yeah. either by the size of the numbers that's attached to them tenders or just by you know do we have the ability to do this at what stage we're in but yeah. it seems like regardless of your of your man and power at any one time you've kind of just went yeah yeah like you know we can take I that's it and i think <laughs> you know at times at, at that point with that contract i mean i i just I just went with the flow and, you know, when I was talking to the guys, they, they were dealing with much bigger companies from down south um, that was that were um, quoting against me that they were tendering for that contract. And But I think just having a, a local guy who knew what he was talking about, so just with my background, my experience with my granddad, um, I just, and I had a little bit of experience with another contractor as well with some woodland work. Um, um, I just kind of... I think you're just talking your way through things, and again, it was just it was it was talking the talk, and then you just have to worry about making it happen afterwards. And I think if with bigger contracts, you've just got to break it down. Even when you you see these guys on on the whether it's Long Care Legends or whatever the forums, and they've got like a big massive property, and they're thinking about how you're going to price it, and it's just it's just breaking it down for me. You just got to break things down into chunks that you know how to price or or you know you know instead of looking at it as one massive big property compare it to something you already do and think right so that's maybe like six of these size properties um what would i need to do that a little bit more efficiently and you just you just got to break things down into sort of manageable chunks mm. and what each person can manage is you know we're all different and our experience is all different but um it's just for me. I, I like the bigger. I like the bigger jobs, and I like the challenge. Um, yeah. 
with that big job, I mean, I ended up going 30 grand over and uh, had to have a bit of a, a meeting with them to, <laughs> um, to ask for a little bit more money. So, you know, I made a wee bit of an error there. Um, we always, that sort of size of job, there's always a contingency built into it. So I, I said to them, look, I think we're going to need to use that contingency. <laughs> and then I left it a few days and <laughs> got back to them and said, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to ask you for another 30 grand. <laughs> um, which was, uh, but you you know, the thing is you can't, you just at the time, I mean, that was probably 10 years ago. So I was like 30, you know, 29, 30. And, um, but you can't act like a little, you know, at the time you're like, what am I doing, doing this big contract? But you can't think like that. You've just got, you've got yeah. to think these guys, Trust me as a professional, I actually do know what I'm doing for the most part, um, but there's certain things that I didn't. It was the topsoil. There was because there was no topsoil in the site in the plant in Woodland. We had to. We, I literally had um, a haulage company bringing lorry loads and lorry loads of topsoil into the site, and I just lost track of how many hundreds <laughs> of tons of topsoil. <laughs> And then when my bill came through for 66 grand for the <laughs> soil, I had to just uh, take a big gulp and figure out how I was going to make them pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, you can make things happen sometimes. Well, I think that's it. And, you know, as you're kind of saying, like like just running with it and making it happen, you, you've got to see yourself as the subject matter expert in anything you do, I think, job-led. Yeah. You know, you've got to stand by your own, you know, by yourself there and go, you know, I do know what I'm talking about, and what what I do push forward is, you know, that confidence with it as well. It's it's all well and good, you know. Everyone makes a mistake, or you know, whatever it may be. But you, to hold yeah. your hand up and go, look, this is what's went like, you know, deviated from the plan. What we yeah, need yeah. is this to carry it through. And yeah. you know, if you flapped, like what I think you're almost trying to say earlier on was, you know, if you flapped about it and you're like, I don't know what to do. We've went over. We've you know, we're struggling. I'm you know hold my hand, show me what I'm going to do to try and help you. You know, they're not going to like that. So, you know, the only way to do it is to sort of power through their moments and and maybe just see it through, I think, is the main part of it. As long as you do a good job, you know, you want at the end of it, you've got to try and keep your relationship as as good as possible with these guys. You want to do more work for them. Um, But you 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 need to ensure that they still have confidence in you that, you know, mistakes happen. We all overlook things a little bit, but it's just um, you know, and making sure that you don't drop the ball. That you make sure you just you keep your eye on what you need to achieve, and that the job, regardless of what other stresses you've got going on with the contract, yeah. you make it happen, and that the job is done to a high standard. Um, and that way, it make you know that they're paying you. I don't like to once I quote a job, I like to try and stick to it. In that case, I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. swallow thirty grand. Um, <laughs> so you know, um, they they had to pay it, and you know, and, and it, it was okay. It was it was fine, but it was a big. It was a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you, um, yeah, it's, it's all good experience. I mean, you know, once you've done that sort of thing, other other jobs are, you know, you just look at them differently. It gives you perspective, yeah, you know, a little bit. Well, that's yeah. it. I mean, you know, at, at some point. You know, there's always something that you feel is going to be huge, and then you sort of adapt to it. And I, I think it's a big point that, you know, I, I wish you you sort of just knew from the get go. I, I wish when you first started out, you know, and I know you had a bit of background contracting and stuff yourself, and you know, almost having staff from the get go to to certain means. But you know, for for those of us that kind of come from, not really having, you know, you've got a clue about what you're doing, obviously, but not having too much of a experience in it, I suppose. 
you know, yeah. I wish someone just kind of went, look, it's, you know, what what you're thinking, that's a big deal now, this one property, you know, your first client, that's that's going to be nothing, you know, in a few yeah. weeks, just get over that part and, you know, see it in the next day and just to have that perspective to just, you know, I'm going to use the word balance again, but to balance yeah. yourself and just sort of go, right, this is just another step forward, you know, I need to get through this to kind of lead me on to what I actually want to do next. And, yeah. and that's just a big, big part of the game, I think, of, of running your own business, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, a big part of it, I mean, these days we have these these online forums and things like that. You know, all the guys, even, even the likes of yourself, I'd never have known about you if it wasn't for, you know, the online community. Um, mm. But I think for a lot of the a lot of the new guys starting up, um, they have such a, um, a wealth of knowledge and experience at their fingertips because all, I mean, the likes of myself, like, you know, if somebody wanted to phone me up any time, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I usually have my earphones in. I can speak to them while I'm working. I can speak to them while I'm in the van. Mm-hmm. If anybody needs advice about anything, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are willing, um, you know, more than more than happy to to help mm-hmm. um, with any questions that folk might have or, or queries or concerns about any aspect of business. Um, and I think that's that's a massive benefit. A lot of the a lot of the new guys starting up. Um, it's not the sort of job that you get training to do. I mean, I, I did a degree in landscape management, um, but doing this, doing the actual work, it doesn't. That doesn't didn't really <laughs> actually benefit me. You know, it gives me a yeah. bigger picture sort of thing. But um, it's the sort of thing you don't really get. You know, you might go and do a bit of horticultural training, um, or definitely. But most of the guys just start up and they just they just make it happen. Um, and I think the the community side of things, being able to have a network of people that you can call on to, to ask about, or even just other local contractors, make yourself known to them. Um, just go up and introduce yourself when you're just, you know, wave at them when you pass them in the vans, because we're all doing the same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, and then, you know, if you do need a hand with something, there's a contract that's slightly bigger, you know, ask one of the, you know, the likes of yourself, I know with um, Ben Morrison, he's given you a hand with, you know, with his, uh, his ride on, once or twice or whatever, you know, before you had your zero turn. Um, just get, just asking folk for help when you need it. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing. I mean, even me and Ben were coming together to work on a job and I think it's next week now, maybe yeah, next week I think it is. And, you know, it's one of them that would be an awful, it would be a pretty big job to get kind of get done by yourself, you know, take quite a long time. Whereas someone like, you know, Ben's fantastic and he listens into the podcast, so you know, blowing smoke a little bit here, but you know, he's very, he's very helpful and he's, you know, happy to lend a hand. So you find contractors in your area, like you say, that's, that you're willing to sort of approach and talk to, you know, not only will it pay off for you, but it's also just great making them relationships. You know what I mean? So having that where, you know, like Ben's going to step in with his team, you know, next week to, to help me out on this job, you know, it's something that I couldn't, you know, it would have took me, you know, five times as long to do by myself so it, it really can be important and it offers that sort of support structure that if you ever are massively, massively struggling with a job then there's other options there because you know we we hear it a lot of the time that the guys that are guys and girls that are out by themselves you know you get you fall ill or you know whatever the situation might be yeah, you're left yeah, at yeah. the bottom end of the bottom bottle you know and it's so have that help and have that support structure of those around you you know, massively beneficial, and I would recommend it to to absolutely anyone. Yeah. So Neil, we've obviously 
seen like throughout this podcast that you've come from a position of growth. I think it's probably fair to say that you've been able to take on these bigger contracts and, you know, you've had mm-hmm. bigger teams, you've had smaller teams. For someone like yeah. yourself, then, that's kind of been through the whole growth period before and then came back down and you're finding that sort of baseline. Yeah. What What is the next sort of three to five years for you? Is it, you know, do you have a plan for growth or are you looking to just purely settle? Where does it kind of sit so, with yourself? Yeah, so um, so I think growth's a different thing for different folk. For me, growth is not um, making the manpower side of the business any bigger. Um, for me, it's just it's streamlining things, making things more efficient when it comes to the work that we do and making a profit, that sort of thing. So it's looking at the business and thinking, what makes us what makes us money uh, as well as what do we enjoy um mm-hmm. and what works for us um so for us um we have a good good lot of maintenance work um contracts of different kinds um i want to and i've always wanted to do this but because we've diluted it too much with the hard landscaping side of things which tends to take my eye off looking after these these existing maintenance contracts and you know domestic and commercial i want to try and just look after a smaller number of good clients and just offer them more a more fuller maintenance service um where we look after all of their properties so for the likes of the the domestic um so we've always done a bit of um, hard surface cleaning and and we've, we've even done a bit of roof cleaning and things like that it's just looking after less people but just looking after them better and when there's other things that that we can do for them on their properties the commercial contract was kind of looked at that a little bit earlier on um we try and give a full sort of maintenance package to them anyway sometimes that involves subcontractors but we're looking to just zero in on a smaller number of folk to look after um and just offer them a few more services that we have all the gear um to to do the to offer these services already, um, but we just have been too busy to to really be proactive with that, um, which has resulted in them going elsewhere because we either couldn't do it because we didn't have the time, um, or because they they didn't know that we offered those sorts of services. So that's kind of what we are we are looking at, and and then in the commercial side of things, because we're geared up for all of that sort of thing as well. Um, I just want to try and be a little bit more proactive with um, taking on new um, commercial contracts as well. So just just looking at what we do well already and just improving the way that we do it and the services that we offer um, and just trying to kind of simplify it, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, one great thing there is, you know, I, I ask this question quite a lot. And, you know, there's no right way or wrong way to ever answer it because what your meaning of growth is, is like you say, completely different from one person to the next. But, you know, often we'll talk about like upselling and, you know, adding revenue that way. And one thing that I actually liked about your answer there was the fact that you never used the word upselling once. You you simply said that you wanted to look after your clients yeah. um, more, you know what I mean? And I think that sort of shows, it shows a lot about how, how one you'd possibly approach clients and how you talk to clients, but even where, you know, there's a pretty high chance here, let's be honest, that your clients aren't listening to this type of podcast or even to this one in particular, you know, you, you're still very respectful about them and you view your clients in that respectful way of, you know, it's not like a money machine. It's simply how can we look after people more? And if we do that properly, yeah. that will bring, you know, revenue in 
you know, Absolutely. behind closed doors and I don't even need to, you know, dive yeah. into that. So, no, that's fantastic. I, I think that 360 approach is, you know, something I think we all wish to get through. I think one thing that we all speak about is there's so much kit to do it. But if you're in that position where, you know, you're there ready to go for it, then it seems like a very smart move to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Going yeah. from there. Yeah, you know, for us for sure. Yeah, and and I hope it does. You know, I think streamlining is a very important thing, and where where you can sort of narrow things down and, and make it more efficient for your company, then it's just going to work better. You're going to get, you know, you're going to be more involved with the services that you provide, and it's just, yeah, you know, as you used the phrase earlier on, it's just going to be sort of clockwork with it. It'll just come very yeah. natural and normal to do. Yeah. But I'm very uh, conscious about time here, so this is going to be my last sort of main question here, and it would no be, what would be your top tip for given to someone that is either starting or already running a business through the 20 plus years that you've been doing it? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's, it's just, it's all about the people and relationships. It's, um, it's just speaking to people and whether it's looking after your customers, looking after the property managers, making their life easier, because what we do, people need our services um, or it's, it's, it's finding the people that need our services and just, like I said earlier, I'm just looking after them better, but it's not just the people that are paying you to do the work. Um, it's the people that can help you as well. So it's all to do with, I mean, I remember that this is what I, it goes back to Robbie at Premier Loans. Um, he asked us this question at Soltex, and it's it's the most important thing for me. It's it's the network of people, um, people that you rely upon, the same as the people that rely upon you, making sure you... you, um, you you know, whatever it is that you do for them, you do it to the best of your ability. Uh, you give it your all, and whatever you're doing, um, and 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 that way, it'll just it'll work out well for you. You know, when you do, it, it's not all about money. You've got to enjoy your work, and for me, I enjoy um, making customers happy. Yeah. Um, I think you know, or whoever it is that you're working with, if they're if they're happy, they're going to. It's a good relationship. They're going to continue to work with you. Um, so. You know, just keep up these relationships, and you know, for me, whether it's you know, at the end of the year, you know, I get a couple of cases of wine from Lathwaite's, and it's just, it's just making it a little bit more than just the work. Mm-hmm. Um, just making a call round to some of your suppliers and things, even you know, it might be some beers, it might be the waste place that we use. I go in with a you know, twenty pounds worth of Greg's donuts and yum yums. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just the people. You know, you've just got to make working with people easier, one way or another. Um, whether it's the way that you conduct yourself um, personally, the business, um, or just, just yeah. Um, it's just about the people making the networks, making the contacts. And, and don't be afraid to, you know, lift up the phone, drop an email to somebody, walk into an office and just introduce yourself, offer your services. Um, and and you, you can't go far wrong, you know, even in your quiet periods, if you've built up that network of, of people that, that know you and trust you and that, that know you do a good job, you know, if, if work's a little bit lean, you can pick up the phone and just say, look, um, things things are a wee bit quiet at the moment. Is there anything, that, you know, additional work that you need us to do? Um, you know, and they'll see you right because you've always seen them right. You know, yeah. I think that'll always keep you in good stead. Yeah, something super important there. You know, looking after your clients and, and it, it paying it sort of full circle and coming back on you is, you know, is something that is is rooted I think within a successful business is that you've got to do the best by them and you've got to just trust the process that it, you know it's going to help you in return but more importantly is you're doing out the out for the good reasons it's it's not all 
sort of money, money, money to an extent. It yeah. is, you know, the whole the whole process and just enjoying that. So that's a fantastic yeah, yeah. bit of advice, you know, even if you fully start just starting off and you're able to give what I found when I first started was when you start getting in your first lot of clients, you've obviously got that bit bit more time there. It's very rarely anyone starts and they've got every single day of a month, you know, completely booked out from the get go. So when you've got that, you know, more time on your hands, definitely give more and sort of build that rapport. I think it's a huge oh, thing. 100 percent. You know, and, and even if it's like, you know, the, the wee old ladies that you need to help out with, you know, if you've got a little bit more time when you're starting out, just go and help people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not just because it makes you feel better. You know, when you help other folk, inherently we feel better about ourselves. But you know what? Like that comes back to you um, you know, in many, many different ways. Um whether it's their family members or a neighbour that's found out you've done a good deed, you'll always, you look after other folk and they'll look after you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Neil, honestly, thank you very much for joining us on this podcast this week. It's It's been fantastic. And, you know, as we were speaking offline earlier on, like I've, I've got so many questions to sort of fire at you that I'm sure we could spread yeah, yeah. it over, you know, another podcast at some point or yeah, one of the sort of the panel chats when there's a group yeah. of us so no thank you very much for joining us i think that's it's great to have you on and to be able to share that experience what is the ways that people could find you online then if they want to sort of follow along and and keep a keep a check in on what you're up to yeah so yeah as i said earlier i need to work on this a little bit more but um yeah i'm on instagram facebook um core landscapes um core landscapes scotland i've got it on instagram because there's another one down south <laughs> um, I discovered after <laughs> after the fact, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn, but I mean, I do, I'm not particularly proactive on there. Um, but yeah, and then you know, just if anyone needs any advice, give me a phone. Just lift up the phone or, or drop me an email. Either even you know the website, my email's there, and um, yeah, if I can help with anything whatsoever, um, or just drop me a message, let me know enjoyed anything about what i've said <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no i'm sure it'll be beneficial to many mate i hope so <laughs> but no thank you so for everyone that's tuned in this week to listen to this episode thank you very much it is hugely appreciated as i say from time to time probably too many times is the best thing you can do for this podcast is just simply either by following it sharing it and leaving a review on it uh you know that it's the one thing that shows it's it's sort of identity and that it's sort of respected by you the listeners so if you can do that, share it on Instagram, wherever it might be, you know, thank you very much. But for all of sort of them links that Neil's just given there, I'll put them down in the show notes. So as again, scroll to the bottom of this podcast episode and you will see them all there and the links to Neil's profiles. So anyway, thank you for joining us again this week and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>